The Capo and Joe Podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Fast and reliable AC service. Welcome in, Campo and Joe. I say good to be with you because it's always good to be with you. But on a losing note, as we welcome you into Campo and Joe, thanks for hanging out, either Facebook Live or wherever you're picking us up on podcasts or listening to us. Joe C. from XL Primetime, noon to three weekdays on the Superstation, and our head coach, Dave Campo, who was in the house early today for a Thanksgiving potluck well, we can call it a potluck throwdown because there was a little competition. You love competition. Absolutely. But even more than that, I love Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And, and that was a real feast today. Yeah. People, you know, they came came with it today. Yep. And I actually lost my dish, which yeah. last year I won. So, yeah. hey, uh, they took one look at me and said, uh-uh, they're not going <laughs> to let him win this one. <laughs> the so, stakes just got higher. Dylan, <laughs> oh. no less. Dylan uh, Denmark from Jaguars today won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pockets. Well, you know what I had to do? I had to compete against myself so I could win. Yes, I made sure. You did. And the turkey you came forth with <laughs> yeah. was the real deal. It was pretty good. I love it. All right. Now, listen, um, I'm going to use that as a segue because Sunday, Jaguars played like turkeys. They really did. And the San Francisco 49ers were the real deal. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to this game. Now, I, I feel like let's set up what we were thinking before the game, and then let's go to the game, Coach. Because you and I did a podcast last week. I felt like this was the first real offensive set of weaponry that this team would face defensively, and that it was going to be their greatest challenge. But I also thought, and I think we agreed on this, is that this offense could go toe-to-toe with that offense. Boy, were we wrong. Well, first of all, I've said right along that I thought we could compete with anybody in the league, and I still yeah. believe that. Uh, right. You have to understand one thing as a as a fan. The NFL is different. There's a reason people say not for long, mm-hmm. whether or not a player is going to be there, a coach is going to be there, a team is going to be there. Yeah. Look at the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they've gone along, gone along pretty darn good. Then all of a sudden now they're 5-5 five and five and everybody's looking at them going, you know, right. you know what's going on here? Yeah. Every game comes down to how you play that day. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Mm-hmm. And there were enough plays in that game that if that if we had made them, mm-hmm. the game would not have gotten away from us. And so, you know, this was a bad day at the office. Yeah. And we have to take our bobbleheads and gut them sideways yeah. this time. Normally, we go forward with a win. This is no-no today. Yeah. Uh, it was a rough day at the office, and there were a lot of reasons for that. And we can talk about those as we go on here. Yeah. So we know how we felt going into this game. It was a great litmus test, great opportunity. They both come out of the bye week, and it's pretty obvious. And I think you and I might have, like, I remember posing this question to you after the show, because I think I was afraid of the answer. I'm like, what's more likely to happen? A five-game win streak to continue or a three-game losing streak to come to an end? And so you know how the NFL works. Like you just said, it was more likely that a three-game losing streak would come to an end, but I guess the way it the the way it, a thirty-one point loss, coach. Yeah, I mean it was a rough day, and and you know I try to put things into categories mm-hmm. when I talk about this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they came out right away, and they hit us in the mouth. Yeah, you know they did some things off the bye week that confused us. For a couple of drives, and we end up with two sacks. And they then go the length of the field in in 50 seconds or something with with four plays for 75 yards Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. 
and we go three and out again with a sack, and then they come back and we force a field goal. So now you're behind 10 points right out of the gates. Uh, Our offense then on the next drive had a chance to turn it around. The next drive, they run a trick play with Kirk, Mm -hmm. uh, throwing the football to ETN. ETN is wide open. Kirk overthrew him. If he'd have hit it, if he'd have put the ball on him, he would have cut back after the catch because yeah. the guy, only guy back there was a center fielder going full speed at trying him. To, yeah, trying he'd to have cut over. back and scored, and now it's a different game altogether. And yeah. after you get rid of that first drive that they put together, the rest of the half, they kick two field goals, we kick one. Yeah. Well, you go into halftime, you're saying, hey, uh, all we got to do is, is we've done this before. Right. Come on out and go get it. Yeah. Well, what happens, w- w- they come out. And we jump into a, a, a big nickel with, with 42 in there, and we go man coverage, and they end up with a tight end at the back end of the formation, and it ended up on number 33, uh, yeah. Lloyd, on Kittle. Yeah, it was a— And Kittle hits him for a 55 or 60-yard touchdown, and now all of a sudden, instead of being 13-3, to mm-hmm. it's 20-3. to yeah, Completely was, different ball game. It was a two-play drive, too. And I think that's what kills you because coming out of the half, you always hear, and you know this better than we do, but you always hear halftime adjustments. And you see certain things, you deal with them, and you come out with an idea of what you want to do. Well, they obviously came out with an idea, and they executed it because uh, George Kittle just torched Devin Lloyd. Going back to the first half, I agree with you that this team could have been in it. Uh, Christian Kirk held the ball too long on the trick play to ETN, which almost got ETN killed. Right. Um, and and so whenever you're trying a trick play, you don't do it every single day. It's not easy. I'm not saying it was the worst time to call that play, but as you said, it was there. Right. It was a play to be made. So you go back. Here's the thing that gets me in the first half, and this is basically tone-setting stuff that makes me worry just a little bit. Going into this game, I felt like the line play was a question mark, a concern. They had dealt well with it. Doug and Press Taylor, the offensive guys, had dealt well with it because they were getting the ball out fast. Trevor pressed in this football game, Coach. I think he either held the ball too long or was indecisive. And those two things combined with that fierce, fierce pass rush that they had uh, from Frisco. It did not add up well at all. Well, for, there's no question that uh, this is the best. De- they played against the best defensive line they'll play against all year. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not uh, no disrespect to Baltimore and 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 uh, Cincinnati and right. Cleveland's defenses. They're good. They're good. But that defensive front, with the addition of Young, mm-hmm. and they had five guys out there that could rush the passer at one time a lot early. Yeah. Uh, you know, we the clock in Trevor's head was going faster in this game than any other game he's been in. So uh, the mistakes he made were either based on somebody coming clean in the pass rush mm-hmm. or him trying to get rid of the ball too quick to where he didn't, you know, he really didn't foresee the whole whole thing that was going on. And, and, and I think that that is where you have to pump the brakes a little bit on this being a game that, oh, now, woe is me, chicken little. Uh, True. You know, it, it, you have to pump the brakes. That was an, a, a front that really was like us with the Cowboys back in the day. They had eight defensive linemen right. that could play. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, they're fresh every single down. They're rotating guys in there. 
They're, they put uh, uh, Bosa and Young on the same side, mm-hmm. things that we did in the game a little later, which we hadn't done with Walker and and uh, and Josh Allen on the right. same side. And, right. and Walker played the best game he's played. He played well. You know, so, uh, uh, you know, really, in all honesty, uh, it was a disappointing game because Trevor had a bad game. Uh, they out schemed us on some things, especially early, mm-hmm. and and we didn't handle their pass rushers. But going forward, I don't think you're going to face those kind of pass rushers yeah. all the way through. Yeah, I don't want to make it too big in terms of what they didn't do, but the reality is you want litmus test games, benchmark type of performances that you can say, hey, we are toe-to-toe with guys they did that against the Buffalo Bills. They beat them. Now we know what's happening with Buffalo right now, but that was a big ball game. They held Kansas City to one of their lowest point outputs of the year, but this team didn't get in the end zone, and they had three field goals that day. This day they had one field goal. That right. was it. It's the only time they touched the end zone. And so I think more than anything else, you come out of it and you go, okay, where are the main areas? That was the best offense they'll face. Like you said, that's the best front that they'll face. That combination is pretty good. You want to be judged by that. Right. Okay, you go back. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat New Orleans. They beat Atlanta. Uh, They beat Indy. I'm not even taking a shot at Gardner Minshew here, but he was the backup. Okay, those are teams that you should beat. Now when you get to the teams you want to beat, there's a bit of a gap. Yeah, there's a concern there. I mean, you know, the three teams, the best three teams, they didn't didn't do well against. So. Uh, they've got a lot of soul searching to do. Uh, the primetime show had Daryl Johnston mm-hmm. in there who did the game. And, One of your guys. A color guy at the game. Mm-hmm. And his point was that, you know, uh, there's a lot of things to clean up that were not cleaned up mm-hmm. from earlier games. Right. You know, and, and it just caught up to them in this particular game. Uh, but I don't remember, and again, I'm going to be somewhat positive because mm-hmm. I, I don't remember a game where there were clean people to the quarterback as much as in this game. Yeah. And that's why I say this is a tremendous right. pass rush. Both interceptions, Trevor was forced to go sideways, mm-hmm. really didn't even see the guy that sacked him. Like that. And then one of them was where he dumped the ball real quick to, to uh, number four, yeah. Bigsby. And there's no way Bigsby could have caught that ball. I, I, I'll i put anybody out there. That would have been a tough catch. It was. Because he fired it, but he was under duress. Right. He fired as he was falling down because yeah. uh, Joey Bo- Nick Bosa was, had, had him know, from had behind. His, had his he was about to take him down. So. All right. So let's take these two plays. Right. Okay. Because the one you're describing, I want to marry it up with another one. Because as you say, Anton Harrison, right, a right tackle, trying to get to Nick Bosa, contain him. Bosa's right past him. Trevor's out of the pocket, and he catches him. Throws it to Tank through Tank's through Tank's hands. Pick. Now, remember Brock, Brock Purdy when there was a nice blitz on him. Yep. He was surrounded by Teal, right, and makes the throw down the field for the score. Yeah, and that's why I think. The concern about the offensive line, and I think there's a legitimate concern about our offensive line. When I say that, I don't think that that means that we're not going to win games. But sure. There is a concern there. Yeah. And I think the clock in Trevor's head was going way too fast. And if he didn't see something, it, when you're behind, you still have to try to make a play. And mm-hmm. that's what he was trying to do yeah. on a number of occasions. And I think that 
that part of it, he was not comfortable the entire football game. Mm-hmm. You're saying something that I, you know, as I'm I'm listening and people are listening to Campo and Joe, I hope they're hearing what he's saying because it's catching me a little bit right now that Trev did probably press in, in, a, in yep. a, and this is, it's not unexpected, but this is one of those things that you 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 have to deal with. If you're going to be a superstar in this league, you got to look at Bosa, Hargrave, Chase Young, Eric Armstead, on and on and on. Fred Warner, I'm telling you, that was one of the best fronts. Absolutely. Uh, who was the safety that you coached uh, at USC? Hofanga. Yeah. I mean, that guy made play after play after He's play. He's a great player. And yeah. S- Steve Wilkes, the, d- the defensive coordinator. That's a pretty good play caller. Yep. He, that, Steve Wilkes against Doug Peterson and Press Taylor. Kyle Shanahan against Dave uh, Mike Caldwell. There might have been an advantage coaching-wise on yeah, that side. Before you guys out there... Uh, Go Harry Carey. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Harry yeah. Carey. When, yeah, you, Harry when you're going to kill, when yeah. you're going to kill yeah. yourself. Yeah, Harry Carey. In 1992, Philadelphia beat us 31 to seven on October 5th, and then on January 7th in the playoffs, we beat Philadelphia 34 to 10. Okay. And went on to win the Super Bowl. So there's a light out there. We just have to clean stuff up and get to it, and mm-hmm. that's the the bottom line. This is going to be the test right now. That game, to me, was a learning experience and a, a wake-up call. Okay. You got five games right now. The Campo and Joe podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Fast and reliable AC service. Five games that you have to win four or at least three or four of those five games to get where we want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and the division games, we have to win the next two. Right. But you got those two, you got Titans and, and uh, Texans. Uh, and the Texans. And then you got Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Baltimore. Those are all AFC games. They're all against good football teams. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this one next week is probably the one that you got to say, you we got to win this one yeah. because. The rest of those teams are, are pretty much on uh, playing pretty good right now. And and, and, and I agree with you that it, it is one loss, and they did win five in a row. And I am definitely kind of drilling down on the fact that if you want to be good, you got to go up against good, and you got to meet it head on. And I consider this a bit of a prize fight, and and it was not the prize fight that I was looking for. But a very important point, after you play Tennessee at home, you go on the road to Houston. Houston was able to come back against Cincinnati. You take a look at this last Sunday in the AFC North. You had Baltimore blow a game. You had Cincinnati blow a game. Actually, Cincinnati had to come back, took the lead, only to lose it again in the end. Baltimore had a two-touchdown lead. I'll right. give you the stat. You ready for the stat, Coach? I always try and call these saucy nugs <laughs> on uh, XL Primetime. But Lamar Jackson, 12 turnovers in the fourth quarter or overtime of one-score games over the last three seasons. That's the most in the NFL. So this isn't the only team that can blow it. And Buffalo. Yeah. And, of course, Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is the NFL. Welcome to NFL. You better play every Sunday. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who you're playing. That's why when people talk about the playoff and the playoff run and all that, these guys got to be thinking about the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You know, I, we'll worry about the, the rest of them later. The Tennessee Titans, we have to win this game, in my opinion. 
And they, that's going to be an important part of it. Do they have a fullback? Because I'm worried about fullback scoring. Yeah, well, the fullbacks scoring. have scorched us. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know. Uh, we had Moose Johnston on yeah. in the primetime show. He's the only one that didn't score on us. And if he was in the game, he probably would have. It's unbelievable. So I, I feel like the defense played okay. Like you said, Trayvon Walker had one of his better games. They weren't necessarily in the best of positions because of what the offense didn't do. And when you go back and you look at this, San Francisco basically doubled Jacksonville up in yards gained, but they also won the turnover battle four to nothing. You're not going to win too many games when you're doubled up in yardage and you're coughing up the football. Yeah, there's no question about it. The turnover, you know, and that's the interest thing coming out of this is why I think the the players were not totally, and I, I don't know how they couldn't be, but they weren't totally focused on mm-hmm. this game because uh, the intensity level of San Francisco was above ours, in my opinion. And uh, one of the things that they came out of the bye week self-scout was we have to clean up the turnovers and then we turn the ball over four times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's we've got to get those things fixed. And and really, when you talk about the defense, I thought the defense played pretty good, mm-hmm. except we outcoached ourselves on that one where we left 33 mm-hmm. man-to-man on Kittle. Mm-hmm. That really, you know, the fumble by Kirk was a critical play mm-hmm. on the 10-yard line. Yeah. That touchdown right coming out of the half with a two-play, a boot for about mm-hmm. 20 and a 50-something yard. Yeah. Those, those two situations were huge in the game, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, and you can go back and, and you always tell us that it is a handful of plays. You'd like to get them back, but I do think consistency throughout the game is what leads to those handful of big plays. Take a look at the way they scheme it up and the way they run Christian McCaffrey. He ran for around six yards per carry, something in that neighborhood. They definitely were very productive in their overall yards per play. And so this is the part that I worry about a little bit. Do you worry about the play calling here? Do you worry about the scheme design? Uh, Because I, I, I come out of every game not assigning blame to one thing. Yeah. I figure out, I at least try, right. where it needs to go. Offensive line play, Trevor, and maybe some play calling. Yeah, I, I, the, only way I, the only way I can say it is to, to see what an offense is doing when it's based on play calling or, or uh, you know, decision making mm-hmm. on the head coach and the, and the, and the play caller, whoever right. that is. To me, it's based on, do you see adjustments? Okay. We adjusted. The second quarter was the quarter that we kicked the field goal, and we ran screen, screen, Mm -hmm. screen, quick screen. And it's like Daryl said during that conversation earlier. Right. He said, I would have stuck with the screen game more. Yeah. You know, because we weren't in a position to really establish the run, we were behind. Yeah, do it until they stop it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think they adjusted. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, when you turn the ball over four times, adjustments are not going to no. get it done. No. And, and to me, you know, that goes back to, you know, he was going to get sacked. You know, we had five sacks. He was going to get sacked on the two interceptions if he didn't throw the ball. Right. So it was just not a good day for the offensive line or the offensive ball club. Yeah. Uh, Zay Jones, he's in the news this week, uh, arrested, appeared in court, misdemeanor charge, domestic violence. Uh, It has to do with uh, a child, a mother of a child uh, that he's involved with. And some of the details have come out, and he went through, uh, I guess, first appearance and 
uh, I'm being a, a, a podcast lawyer here. I don't know all the all the legalese, but basically, first appearance, they set bail. He bond. He was bailed out. We're going to find out. He's got a hearing coming up December 6th. But you already had him missing. Just Let's just come at it from a football point of view. You already had him missing due to a knee injury. And it was pretty obvious that this offense was a little less than what you'd like it to be without him. Then Jamal Agnew gets hurt. Right. Tim Jones was in there and has made, he made a couple plays. Yeah. The last thing you need is another guy that may not be available for a longer period of time. Right. This team needs to have as many of those guys as they can get. Well, if you look at those two guys, it's, uh, you know, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about Agnew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Agnew's not a guy that you're going to say, okay, he's going to play 35 plays as a receiver. Yeah. As much as I love him as a returner, I'm not crazy about him as a, you know. But he's a playmaker. Yeah. When he gets the ball in his hands, Mm -hmm. whether it's a kick return or whether it's a reverse or whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. he's a playmaker. When you look at Zay Jones, Zay Jones is a playmaker. Yeah, he is. You know, he's one that makes plays in the red zone where he goes up and, and toe touches, touches mm-hmm. and does mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, makes big catches. That's what you're missing with those guys. And I think that, you know, obviously we we don't want to miss those guys. You know, we want them back. And, and uh, the thing on Zay Jones, I, I feel bad because I think basically Zay Jones is a pretty nice kid, mm-hmm. nice young guy. Uh, you know, I hope just take care of you know, business. I, you know, you got to take business, take no. care of business when you're out of that building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you say that all the time. That's an example of when you said, you know, you what did you worry about during a, a bye week when yeah. everybody goes home? I, I was always worried about that, but now you got a guy that's not even playing. Right. So his focus during the course of mm-hmm. four or five games mm-hmm. is not 100% on yeah. the team all the time. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's other things involved. It's a fair point, but and, and honestly, you as a former head coach, you never quit worrying. No, you never quit please. worrying. Uh, the, the, all right, so let's let's just finish up with the idea that this team should beat the Tennessee Titans. They are the favorite against the Tennessee Titans. It's still the same old Tennessee Titans, right. and Mike Vrabel will muck it up, dirty it up, do anything he can to make it tough on Jacksonville. The Titans aren't the same. They've sat Tannehill down. Will Levis, two road trips after throwing four touchdown passes in his rookie debut. Ended up losing the game a couple of Thursday nights ago up in Pittsburgh. He wasn't he wasn't a liability. He wasn't necessarily over the top good either. Goes down to Tampa Town, he struggled. There's no question he struggled. This team better get well on Will Levis. Yeah, I, I, we definitely have to win the football game, as we've said, and you know, the, the Titans are not going to lay down. That's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. We should be revved up pretty good, too, after this performance and yep. being a rivalry. Uh, and and as a defensive coach, you look at the quarterback, he's proven that he can make some plays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, is he doing it consistently? Maybe not. You know, I haven't looked en- enough at him. Well, you throw four touchdowns in a game, yeah. any given game, that could be you. Right. That's that's getting the four against you. So we need to gear up. We need to get ready. And this is a game we need to come out and get after them. And mm-hmm. we've said that before, and it's been a battle. Yeah. So yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. not, all I'm w- worried about is winning. We yeah. have to win this game. Yeah. That's the bottom line. I'm not looking for a smoke out or anything else. I'm looking for when the final gun turns off zero mm-hmm. zero zero. 
I want the Jags to be on top, and that's the approach that we need to take. Yeah, do not take anything for granted anymore in the National Football League. Uh, as we wrap it up, Coach, I'll throw the number at you in this. I want to say, um, I might have to add one of these, but coming out of Sunday, there were a half dozen teams, Arizona, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, Seattle, and then you go to the night with Las Vegas that basically came right down to the wire and there was a throw in the final seconds which could have changed the outcome or did change the outcome. Arizona, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, Seattle, game-winning field goals with no time remaining and ultimately came away with the victories. And so you have to make sure that you take care of business because nothing is guaranteed. And then, of course, the Denver Broncos did it to the Buffalo Bills. We talked about this once before when we were talking about, uh, you know, we have a little pick session Mm -hmm. on on the primetime show where we pick uh, five games and or six games, Mm -hmm. right? And, And that one week, and I haven't followed it since, but one week during those picks, eight... Non favorites won. Yeah. yeah, out of out of the sixteen games, so that goes to show you that no game you better play that day. That's can, the bottom line. I can tell you this because you know I pay attention to the numbers. Yes, I may not be very good at them, but I pay attention to them. So I'm just going to look at, look and just rattle these off. Arizona, an underdog at home, won. They got Kyler Murray back. Cleveland, an underdog on the road, won. Detroit was a favorite, so they did take care of business. Houston, underdog on the road, won. Seattle, they were the favorite at home. Then you go to Vegas. Vegas was an underdog at home. Of all things, an underdog to Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. But that's what it was. There's some bad football being played out there. This is still a city with good football in it, but there's some bad football being played. But the Vegas Raiders were an underdog, and they won the game. And then Denver on the road in one of the craziest Finishes to a football game, they won as a, about a. They were seven, seven and a half point dog. You forgot Buffalo in that game. You no, no, yeah, yeah, Denver. They were oh, oh yeah, Denver because yeah, Denver yeah, beat them. Okay. They were a seven and a half point underdog in that game, Dang. and they and they're playing better defense right now. Absolutely, and Russell's playing a little bit better. Absolutely. So yeah, you got to deal with them. None of them are easy. And I think None another perfect example of that is that the one of the teams. If the playoffs were played today, mm-hmm. one of the teams is the Houston Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's that's nuts. All right, we are out. We've got the Titans on Sunday. Let's hope there's a dub. And then the Texans, as he mentioned, we got to go to that one next. We'll see how they go. Campo and Joe, thanks for hanging out with us. We will talk to you next week. And coach, let's let's hope we're back to bobbling the head with a dub. Absolutely, we need to get that thing going forward, yeah. not sideways. We'll talk to you next week. This presentation of the Campo and Joe podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air, fast and reliable AC service.